Welcome to another episode of Band That's Boris and Matt Weekly, the show where we chat about sports, we chat about entertainment, and then at the end of the episode, we usually wrap it up by chatting some sports entertainment. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. Summertime and the living's easy. Boris on the microphone with Matthew E. We're doing it. It's 31 degrees. My computer's telling me it's a it's a heat wave. It's official in Toronto. Yeah, it's hot as balls. Even yesterday was super hot. Uh, yeah, spent most of yesterday outside just walking around doing stuff, uh, and it was pretty warm. But there was a nice little breeze at times. But today it's just hot. Like, yeah, it just, just it just just slapping you in the face. Hot. Yeah, sticky, sweaty day in Toronto. 31, feels like 34 with the Humidex right now. It's going to be a summer full of this, buddy. Let's get used to it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, you know what? It could be a lot worse. It could, you know, like, it. I can live Damn with man. this for now. I can live with this for now. Oh, How, how's it, how's everything mean, going? Well, I'm enjoying the sunshine it, pretty well, man. Thank you for asking. Yeah, my roommate's brother has been in town for like the week. So that's been it's been a little crowded, but he just left today. So I have the day off from work today, just handling some business, by which I mean accidentally on purpose playing like six hours of MLB the show. <laughs> I just that's got awesome. it on the switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, once once we hang up here, I've got to like shower and go leave the home. But uh yeah, I've been I've been avoiding the heat today but i gotta go venture into the world pretty soon buddy yeah how are you doing (laughs) i'm doing good man i'm doing good um yeah so earlier today i recorded the midweek markout uh you know we're recording late just because of the uh glut of shows Yes, there were so so many things going on, so many shows on the SNME family. We didn't want to, you know, try to upstage anyone or just have too many things to listen to, right? Slot ourselves right in here Tuesday uh, evening, Wednesday morning, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. Which is fine. It'll happen from time to time, especially when there's a AEW pay per view mainly on uh, Sunday, just because it went so late, right? Which it is. I, what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man, I understand the logic that Tony Khan gave us for going late this time. I think it made sense. And like every now and then, one show a year, five hours, that's that's not the end of the world. I didn't have to review it, though, right? Like, shout out to Mark and to Mike and to Dan and to Joe for sticking with it the whole time. It's awesome work, fellas. Yeah, well, I was there, too. But, uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was just, I was there just to make sure that everything went well, right, more than anything else. And then... I'm. I have to be. Here's here's my thing. I have to be up regardless. Uh, for I have to wait for the show to finish. So true. Uh, I'll, I'm well, always around in some shape, way, or form. Uh, but we have Hell in a Cell this Sunday, uh, and then we also have a aftercast. That's just the podcast that happens after the show. Hence the name aftercast for yeah. NXT in your house. Which uh, later today we're going to be watching. I guess the uh, the Gome show for 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 that show. True, and then we got to have NXT talk coming at you Wednesday morning as well. So, uh, yeah, man, quite uh, quite a lot to get through. You're going to BC pretty soon too, right? You're going to be in Vancouver for that uh, in your house show. Yeah, yeah, nine. We'll see. There, there might be Uh-oh. a chance that I have to move the trip again, but uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It just uh, you know, got to make sure that everything is good here. Um, for sure. For sure. So you know, but. Uh, that's fine. I'd rather move it than 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 be you know on the other side of the country if something would happen. So, you know, yeah. What can you do? I I feel you, brother. Well, hopefully it can go off without a hitch. But if not, you'll you'll figure it out eventually. But anyway, man. Yeah. Um. Shall we? Shall we begin? Shall we get into her? Let's get Got into lots her. Lots to talk about today. Yeah. There, there's just, there's tons to chat about. Uh, we're gonna be chatting some playoff updates. We're gonna be chatting some best of the super juniors. Uh, maybe some impact. And then we have a nice little retro review to end the show. Yes, and we're going to be doing some double or nothing recap as well. But let's quickly start with Norm MacDonald. His final comedy special came out. It's kind of like half of a comedy special, two-thirds of a comedy special. It's the material that he had been working on during the pandemic, and he filmed it just with a headset on in front of his computer, just talking like me and you are right now, Boris. And it's basically a live podcast more than it is a stand-up special, but it's Norm MacDonald's final hour 
of material that he was working on that he was hoping to go present in front of people. But the pandemic stopped it, and unfortunately, he passed away. So uh, if, you, if you're even a small fan of comedy or a big fan of Norm MacDonald like I am, it's must-see. It's, it's, it's unfinished. But you still get some big laughs. But have you checked it out yet, Boris? Nothing special? Uh, no, not yet, not yet, but it is on my to-watch list. Like, it's something I really do want to check out. Uh, you know, I've heard good stuff, so. Yeah, it's incredible. They, they have, like, a panel afterwards with, like, Dave Chappelle, Conan O'Brien, Adam Sandler, Molly Shannon. Oh, wow. Uh, who else is on it? Uh, David Spade. There's one other person who's on it too. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but it's really incredible. Like friends and you know confidants of Norm Macdonald, and yeah, it was it was really nice. He made me laugh a, a bunch of times. The, I, I the first five ten minutes, I was like, oh, this might be rough, but it, I I do find it really picks up as he's kind of getting more confident and just losing himself in the performance or whatever. So yeah, must see stuff. Go watch it for sure. Very cool. Very cool. I like that. Awesome, man. So, yeah, let's start by, uh, well, I guess we started by doing that, but let's continue by talking some sports now. And, uh, man, we got to give ourselves the Barry Horowitz pat on the back. We got three out of four NHL finalists here. We told you the Eastern final would be Tampa Bay versus the New York Rangers. We nailed it. We told you it would be Colorado versus Alberta. We were off the post. We thought Calgary, Edmonton, friends of the show, the Edmonton Oilers in the final four. So the West final, Colorado, Edmonton, East final, Tampa, New York Rangers. Boris, are you backing down from Colorado, nope. Tampa final? I am not whatsoever. Uh, Denver, Colorado right now, they're just looking so good. Uh, you know, like I said, and I don't know. I don't remember if I actually said this uh, because, you know, I needed to get that Kadri getting suspended joke <laughs> in, but. You know, him playing the way that he's been playing, him not getting suspended, that's been the difference maker. Big time, big time. And, man, this series, it's it's hockey, so it's it's not ever going to come down to one matchup other than maybe goalie versus the world, yeah. right? But but this series very well may come down to how Nazem Kadri plays against Connor McDavid. That's that's the marquee matchup right there. Nazem Kadri, one of the best defensive forwards in the league, also adds scoring. He's a two-way player, similar to your boy, Anzi Kopitar, but uh, obviously a little bit a little rougher around the edges than yeah. fancy Anzi. But uh, yeah, that's that's the matchup right there. Can Nazem Kadri shut down Connor McDavid? Yeah, the 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 Roxanne Perez of hockey. But <laughs> can we take a second to honestly just appreciate what Connor McDavid is doing in the playoffs? Oh, he's so incredible. Leo Dreisaitl too. He's he gets swept under the rug but if he was alone on a team well maybe he wouldn't be able to do quite what he's doing right because connor gets so much focus anyway both of them but especially mcdavid is just a treat to watch just the things he could do at full speed at not only full speed but at a speed that no one else in hockey has ever reached you yeah. know what i mean like it's so incredible to watch so yeah he's he's uh he's a treat we are lucky to watch him in his athletic prime and he's willing the oilers to uh to the promised land here but yeah i, I agree i'm still sticking with colorado over tampa in the final yep exactly exactly um yeah i think colorado's is they're just so freaking good and you know they've been slated to win the cup for how many years so they, it, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago they kind of have to do it yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's like it's not now or never, but the window is it's not open for very long in hockey. So they got to they got to strike while that iron is hot. So our hockey picks, they, those our hockey picks were pretty good. Basketball picks, uh, I so took wrong. a pie. I took a pie in the face, Boris. You got one of your finalists in. Yeah. You had you had Miami versus Golden State. I had uh, I had Phoenix versus Brooklyn, which was not a good uh, pick at all. But yeah, so. Golden State versus Boston is the NBA final. Do the Celtics have a chance against the Juggernaut Warrior squad? Not Shaking at your all. head. Not at <laughs> all. I don't think so. Like, I really don't think so. Look, uh, the Nuggets, they just look foolish against Golden State. And and then even the game, the one game that they did win, game four, let's be honest. I feel like Golden State kind of didn't give it their 100% just so that they can win at home. Yeah, I think uh, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it's it's natural when you're up three nothing to take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. But Boston has the best defense in basketball, man. Defense wins championships, as you as they say, Boris. You're not scared at all of the defense, the defensive nope. prowess. Not at all. Not at all. It was the Ma also it was the Mavericks, not the Nuggets. But I know what you're saying. The Luka Doncic led Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said Nuggets. I, I think I have Colorado in my head. 
Yeah, yeah, right, right. No. That's fine. Yeah, I, at the end of the day, I agree with you, but it feels like you think this is going to be a blowout, like four or five. I'm thinking easy six or seven game series here. But Golden State will win. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to give it five. I'm going to give it five games, to be honest. The gentleman's sweep, if you will, Boris. Yep. Okay, I, I accept your terms. I'm going to say... I'm going to say hard-fought six games, Golden State hoists the trophy in Boston. Oof, I love it. All right, there we go. <laughs> okay, and moving on to our final sports topic, buddy. Got to talk some baseball. Jays swept the Angels, your favorite team, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, so this is what, the first time in 40 years, 30 years that they've done a four-game sweep in California. Uh, so kudos Amazing. to the Jays. Honestly, I didn't watch Friday's game because it was on stupid Apple TV and I was out. Yeah. I was doing stuff, so I wasn't able to catch that game on Friday. But the three other games I watched, especially the two weekend games, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday's game might have been one of the best baseball games I've seen in a really long time. That was 11-10, right? That yeah. game was crazy. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, Friday, I actually, Friday night, I had a couple buddies come over, and we sat down and attempted to watch the game, but it wasn't on TV, which is so funny. But uh, yeah, we, we got it going on the Apple TV, which is hilarious. The one time that I actually invite friends over to utilize the cable that is included with my rent, and uh, here we go. But anyway, uh, yeah, awesome performance by the Blue Jays. Seems like they're back on track. Tough beat for the Angels, who you know I'm a big fan of. I'm cheering for Shohei. I'm cheering for Trump. Trotsky, but obviously go Toronto. Yeah, the thing is, though, like, you know, the Angels are going to Angel, and that's that's what their record is reflecting right now, right? Yeah, you know, it's 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 especially hard when you lose four games back-to-back. Um, and the thing that won us the weekend, that lost the Angels the weekend, was their bullpen. Somehow, we faced a team with a worse bullpen than ours. <laughs> we got lucky too, but yeah, the Jays are never out of it. Dating back to like even like the the Josh Donaldson teams, right? Always but, felt like they were they're always in it. They uh, something about something about the way they're coached, something about the the young scrappy attitude. It just feels like we're never out of a game. Well, that's exactly backs. it, right? This is the scrappy attitude that we were missing all year. It's back. You know, this yeah. is the team that 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 that, that got ninety one wins last year. This is a team that can scratch and claw their way from any hole. And that's, I don't like seeing the Jays do this often, but the fact that they can, you know, go down a few runs in the, late in the game, kind of recompose themselves and, and, and come out on top, that goes to show you the grit and determination and kind of like the headspace of where this team's at. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a joy to watch, man. And they have some streaky players. Guriel, one of the streakiest players in the league. But when they are firing, or at least like six to nine of them, you know what I mean? With six, seven, eight of them are firing, we're good. We're in really good shape. So Jays should be a playoff team. And yeah, that was a huge, huge performance over the weekend by Toronto. Yep, exactly. Well, you know, with that extra playoff spot, it's really hard. It, it would take a lot for us to shit the bed, as they say. Yeah, there are some teams that aren't in the playoffs that should rise up, rise up like a McCain pizza for us. But yes, I agree. Well, you know, I was actually looking at the at the standings as they as they are like as of few hours ago, and I was actually checking this because it is possible somehow that four AL East teams could end up. In the playoffs, oh, I believe it, man. Yeah, with the new with the new playoff spot, the new extended wild card, I think it, it could happen a couple times, like so, over the course of the next few years so with these with this AL right, East. Exactly. So as of right now, the Yankees are tops in the, in the American League uh, with a winning percentage of six eighty eight. Uh, if you take a look at the the three wild card teams, you have Tampa Bay on top with the winning percentage of five eighty three. The Blue Jays in second uh, with the second spot at 574, and then the LA Angels at 551. Boston is only four games behind. Yeah, Boston four games behind the Angels. So, yeah, the Blue Jays seven, are 27 and 20. Angels are 27 and 22, but again, winning percentage. And yeah, but the thing about that is the White Sox, they're the team that I'm looking at. Like, they're the biggest threat right now to squeak back in to the playoff picture, I think. The White Sox have a very talented team. Yep, yep. And then if you look at the National League, right? Like, right now, the Dodgers are on top, actually tied with the, with the Yankees for, for best record. In the league, they have a winning percentage of 688 as well. 
Um, then you have the Mets at 660, Milwaukee Brewers at 640, and then the wildcard teams are the Padres, the Cardinals, and the Giants. And yet again, there's one team here I'm looking at, Atlanta Braves, underperforming right now, perhaps a bit of a hangover, but you got to think they could at least contend for a playoff spot down the stretch. Yep. Well, you know, Freddie leaving that team opened up a huge hole, right? It did, man. It's a really good call. It did. It obviously hurt them. Yep. Like, when you have an all-star, gold glover, leaving and, 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 and like, you know, just the bat as well, it's so late too, especially the way that everything happened. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's I kind of feel bad for them, but this is the world we live in. Um, yeah, so so yeah, baseball has been crazy. It's been a lot of fun this season. I hope that this uh, and it looks if you look at the standings as they are, we're gonna have some really nice tight races late August into September. Yeah, it'll be very interesting, especially with that competitive AL East. Yep. All right, what's next on the agenda, my friend? I think that does it for sports talk. We can ease into sports entertainment, a.k.a. wrestling, with the most sports-like presentation of wrestling out there, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the best of the Super Juniors, Boris. You have the, uh, the, the upcoming final lined up? Actually, I don't, so I haven't watched today's show just yet um i should have so i think what we're going to do is we're going to cover nights 7 to 11 and then we're going to do kind of like the tuesday show which was today and the finals from friday we'll do that next week okay i kind of i kind of want to give the spoiler but if you haven't seen it i don't want to spoil you (laughs) yeah it's really fun no it's fine so once once i go through everything yeah yeah we will yes set the stage all right very good so night Seven is this night seven? Yes, night seven. Uh, taking a look at night seven. So this only had one standout match for me, and that was the main event: El Lindeman versus El Desperado. This was a very, very good match, dude. El Lindeman, like he's he's someone oh. I really want to watch out for now. He's uh yeah he showed up in the very first match in AEW history. We were talking about that the other day, and he's somebody who's like kind of lost a little bit. He slipped through the cracks of pro wrestling, but he's dope. He is really really good. Yep. Uh, in this match, Titan uh, fought TJP, and at one point, I thought he completely just wrecked his chest. He did a double stomp, and it looked nasty. Oh no. Nasty. Oof! I, I, you hate to you hate to see that a broken sternum. That would not be good. Yep, we all know from uh, wrestling with shadows how that can go. Oof! Oof! All right, so um, taking a look at night number eight, I would have to say that again the main event of Yo versus Hiromu Takahashi was a great match, and the result of this match was surprising because Takahashi did end up losing to Yo. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was very interesting to say the least. You can't win them all, but it is, it is interesting and intriguing to see who they choose for the big stars to lose to. So Yo getting the Duke over Hiromu, that's huge. And if we had a worst of list for the year, which I feel like we should at some point... I think uh, we'll we'll piece we'll piece together a top ten for dude, sure. There, there's a match from this night, night eight of Best of the Super Juniors that I would add. That was uh, Taguchi, uh, or honestly, any Taguchi or Yano match from this tournament had just been ridiculous. Yano, Yano's not in this tournament, is he? No, Taguchi, no, no, just Taguchi, yeah. just Taguchi. Yeah. Uh, Raisuke Taguchi, the funky weapon, lots of booty-based offense like he's Naomi, except he's not. He's a, he's a you know, short 40-year-old Japanese man. So, yeah, uh, Raisuke Taguchi is an acquired taste, friend. Perhaps, Boris, you have not acquired the taste of the no. funky weapon. <laughs> no, I have not. All right, so night number nine, there were two good matches on this show the main event being one of them the main events have been like main event qualities like they've been a lot of fun uh this oh, one good. night nine was robbie eagles versus el Fantasmo. love me some roberto eagles i think he is tremendously underrated so i'm glad to hear that yeah there was this one spot where Fantasmo come and walked the tightrope, rope and they end up doing a springboard moonsault to the floor Ooh, wow. Yeah, Fantasmo, hell of an athlete, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was a very good match. Uh, the other good match from this uh, 
uh, night. Let me bring up my notes. Sorry. Uh, oh yeah, Francisco Akira versus Yo. This was also a great match, and it only it went under ten minutes, but it was fast as hell. It was crazy. Um, yeah, there was such a good match. Under ten minutes, Akira versus Yo. Beautiful, yeah. Francisco Akira is somebody whose name is uh, growing in the professional wrestling world. A little bit of a breakout year for uh, young Mr. Akira. Yep, exactly. All right, uh, night number 10, match of the night, goes to Hiromu and Zayn. Nice. Alex Zayn showing up and showing out, getting his chance against Hiromu. Hiromu won that one? Um, uh, yes, yes, he did. Yes. Okay. Yep, very good. And then the other great match from this night was uh, Eagles versus Lindman. Nice. Nice. Again, like uh, you, I've mentioned both of those guys as people who I think are tremendously silly underrated. So, you know what? I'm definitely going to check that match out. That's one I've been waiting for in yep. this tournament. Robbie versus Lindman. Dude. And again, 10 match or sorry, 10 minutes right on the spot, right on the mark. Like 10 minutes. Beautiful. Boom. I stopped my, my clock. <laughs> nice. Nice. Perfect timing. Yep. So, so, like, and even then, like the Hiromu uh, Alex Zane match was only thirteen thirty. So, like, what I'm really enjoying about this tournament is how short the matches are. Even the main events are not that long. Like the main events go twenty minutes max. Yeah, like seventeen to twenty. I'm seeing one like twenty two, but that was Hiromu versus Taiji Ishimori, who is the current champion, right? So obviously that one was going to go over twenty. But uh, yeah, man. I, I like I haven't unfortunately haven't had any time for this tournament. There's just too much going on in the world of professional wrestling. But I, we we appreciate you watching these shows, Boris, and I'm glad to hear that they're delivering. Yep. All right. And then night number eleven, Robbie Eagles, El Desperado, 19 minutes 21 seconds. Dude, watch this match, please. Nice. I definitely will, actually, because, yeah, those are a couple of guys who I have a lot of time for. And uh, that, that's a huge match there, Desperado versus Eagles, in the standings of yep. the uh, Best of the Super Juniors. Yep, another great match from this night, which clocked in at just over 11 minutes, was uh, Taiji Ishimori in, uh, going up against Francisco Akira. Ooh, that's an interesting match. Akira versus the current junior heavyweight champion. Who won that one? Ishimori? Ishimori. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, Zayn and Yo also had a great match. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the best of the Super Juniors, man. Heck of a tournament. Yep. And again, 11 minutes. And then uh, I'm going to give this one, this night, four matches that you should watch. The fourth match clocks in at about 10 minutes, and that's TJP versus Bushi. Oof, Bushi. Nice. I, I like it. All right. So that is night. 11 night 12 was earlier today have not had a chance to watch it so matt what's going on in the finals okay let's say spoilers ahead big time spoilers ahead if you are watching best of the super juniors and you haven't seen the results so far you don't want to be spoiled fast forward a couple of minutes two three minutes will be done so spoiler spoiler spoilers for best of the super juniors here we go block a hiromu and Taiji Ishimori finished tied with 12 points, but Hiromu won the head-to-head. So Hiromu wins Block A. He's in the finals of Block A. Same situation in Block B. El Desperado and El Fantasmo finished both with 12 points, but Desperado won the head-to-head. So your final is from Block A, Hiromu Takahashi versus Block B, El Desperado, Boris. There you go, which is very interesting just because going into the night... Yeah, Taiji Ishimori at 12 points and Hiromi Takahashi at, ta- at 10 points. So, and then that block B, El Fantasmo had 12 points. Robbie Eagles had 10 points. El Desperado had 10 points. Ah, interesting. Yes. Yeah. So Wheeler Yuta finished with 10. Robbie Eagles finished with 10 in block B. And in block A, Show finished with 10. And Ace Austin finished with 10. Just off the post for those guys. Yeah. Ace Austin, again, having an awesome tournament. Just amazing tournament. Would you say he's been ace awesome? Oh, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> All right. We did it. We did it, and we made some dad jokes, some horrible puns. Boris, we're killing it, buddy. Love it. <laughs> All, All right. right. So what's next? So, yeah, uh, end of spoilers. 
we have uh, finished discussing best of the super juniors. I think we, uh, if you want to do impact, I think we probably have time to squeeze in an impact review and then double or nothing and the retro look back at Owen Hart's finest moment. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. So impact was uh, being impact. Like honestly, one of the it, like this promotion is hitting it. I'm I, 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 I'm still waiting for the other shoe to fall. Nice. It's been like a good six to eight months of us actually enjoying impact and yep. saying they've been killing it on all fronts. Yep. So a great match from the night was Laredo Kid versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a matchup that can headline any arena or at least any small armory in the United States or Canada. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, all of this is set up to the ultimate X match uh, with Ace Austin coming back from Japan in time to defend it uh, mid-June. Uh, so, yeah, Ace Austin hasn't been on the show because he's obviously been in Japan, uh, but he has been getting some promos in. So that's been very cool. Uh, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green, you know, they're just doing their thing. Uh, Cardona and Rich Swan are kind of having a, uh, a feud going on. Um, the women's feud has been tons of fun because you had, you know, a, a six-woman tag. You had Deanna Perrazzo, Tasha Steeles, and Savannah Evans versus Jordan Grace, Taya Valkyrie, and Mia Yim. This match was a nice. lot of fun. Uh, the faces won, so Grace, Valkyrie, and Yim. So that was, uh, I liked that a lot. Interesting. I love Mia Yim. Uh, I think she's like she's got a badass air about her that very few people in women's wrestling have. Shayna Baszler has it uh, when she's allowed to. She had it in NXT. She probably doesn't have it on the main roster anymore, actually. But Mia Yim's got that badass factor, so I love it. Yeah, exactly. Another good match from the night. It was in a, like, look at these names, and I'm saying it was a good match. It was Matt Taven and Mike Bennett <laughs> versus the Good Brothers. Oh, my God. The Boris dream match of all dream matches right there. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it looks like the Honor No More and the Bullet Club uh, feud is going to continue. The Good Brothers end, end up getting the win here. Honestly, a couple weeks ago when they had that uh, Battle Royal gauntlet thing, I honestly questioned Impact why Sammy Callahan or why um Eric Young is getting a title shot. He's been just doing so well like it's so awesome and i like the story that they're telling because it's kind of like eric young you know and and the history that he has of being in impact for a really long time coming back and forth and and you know going through changes and then you know you have the new generation the new guy the new champion josh alexander so, so they're doing a really really good uh job of of building that championship match and kind of having like this like making it seem Super important for TNA. Nice, nice. I think that's it's all in how you present it, man. You know what I mean? Wrestling, we love wrestling, but it's fucking fake, guys. Like it's it's all bullshit and smoke and mirrors, all of it, and it's all how you present it. So I'm glad they're to hear they're doing a good job. Yep, the Sammy Callahan Moose program continues. Words back and forth. That's uh, that's a thing that's going on. I'm very curious to <laughs> nice. see uh, how that match is going to end up being. I'm just laughing at your analysis. Quite quite the vote of confidence for Boris. Quote, that is a thing that's going on. You you know what I mean. Like, it's just, I love it. No, it's I do. Two people who that. I'm just like, you know, up and down on, especially yeah, it, Sammy Callahan. Same, man. Sammy Callahan's my new Jordan Devlin, the guy I probably have. Actually, no. The guy I have the least amount of time for is Luke Gallows. Number two, Sammy Callahan. They both work for Impact, so it's tough. Yep. Uh, the main event was Violent by Design, Diener and Joe Doring versus Jay and Mark Briscoe. Dude, Ooh. match of the Ooh. night. Yeah, those are some names on paper there. Joe Doring, super, super underrated. He's not the most exciting wrestler, which I feel like hurts him kind of. For like a, He's like somebody you need to watch four or five times to really understand how good he is. The Briscoes, the Briscoes are flashy, and they're violent, and they're fun. So that, that's, a, that's a heck of a match on paper. Yeah, Joe Doring, just, he's kind of like a uh, stylus young type of wrestler, right? It's like just, just meat and potato type of wrestler. Yeah. And I... I'm a fan of 
all Japan pro wrestling, Joe Doring. Like, I think he did some fantastic work in Japan. Oh, yeah. Um, it, and it's because he was so much bigger than everyone else. He stood out a lot more than he does in Impact. But I think him and, you know, being in Violent by Design, being with, you know, the, the, the two insane guys, Eric Young and Diener, it just kind of works. It's a good fit for sure. It's a good fit. Um, yeah, man. No, that sounds sounds solid. Good for you, Impact Wrestling. Shout out Scott Demore, good Canadian lad. Uh, good to hear. Yeah. So build up to Slam Anniversary is going great. I'm actually now buying the whole Eric Young versus Josh Alexander feud. Uh, you know, you have the Honor No More and the Bullet Club still going at it. You have Moose and Sammy Callahan, and then you have all the women because they have the Queen of the Mountain match. Uh, they're still unsure on the women's knockouts tag team champs and who's going to go there. I think it's going to end up being uh, Havoc and uh, our girl, our, our, our local gal. What's her uh, What's her name again? Rosemary going at it. <laughs> Yeah. How dare you forget the good name of Rosemary? No, I, I it's uh, that's fine. Temporarily slip of the tongue. We love us some Rosemary here. That that'll be very interesting to see who ends up in the match. Yeah, man. King of the Mountain or sorry, Queen of the Mountain and uh, the uh, Ultimate X on the same show. Like some might say overkill. I am quite excited for both of those. That's the kind of car crash stuff that I like more on that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's let's speak of car crashes. Yes, yeah, well, uh, first let's just uh, say that June 19th, 2022, Sunday, it is the actual 20th anniversary of Impact Wrestling, and it is Slammiversary 2022, so I'm going to be watching that. If, I, if I'm if i free, I will be watching that. We could maybe, Boris, if we're feeling super duper Randy, maybe do an after show for that one, because that that's a big deal. It's the 20th anniversary. Yep, yep, I was thinking of that, I was thinking of that. Uh, so All right, was, we'll, yeah. we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk. Just remember, like, it's the 19th. So the, June yeah. is a crazy month. Oh, yeah. Think about June it. we have. 19th. Yeah. Then the week, sun, the next Sunday is Forbidden Door. Then the yeah. next Saturday is Money in the Bank. Yeah, just in just in June, in terms of pay-per-views or whatever, premium live events, if you will, we have June 4th, In Your House, June 5th, Hell in a Cell, June 19th, 20th anniversary of TNA Slammiversary, which is a big deal, I do count it, and June 26th, Forbidden Door, and then when's Money in the Bank? July, July 5th? 2nd. July 2nd. So, geez, just loaded, loaded up. Yep, Speaking exactly. of loaded. <laughs> Speaking of loaded, go ahead, Matt. The five-hour opus that was Double or Nothing. So I sat down. I watched it start to finish. But, like, you know, you're getting snacks. Your friends are talking. At some point, we were playing music a little bit. So I wasn't watching, like, with a close eye the first time. I did go back and watch everything closely. Willingly watched a couple things a second time. And, Boris, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty certain of my star ratings for this here show. I thought it was uh, too long, but overall a great show, I think I would say. I would say it was a good show, obviously too long, and the one issue that I had was the in-ring is always going to, for the most part, be good, except for the Car uh, Jade Cargill match. Um, some of these matches felt like they really just could have been on Dynamite, even yeah. the, tr the, the triple threat tag team match, and that to me, you know, is okay, great. You know, I think AEW has, has kind of backed themselves in the corner where they've just had just grand slam after grand slam after grand slam of pay-per-views so this one was still good mm -hmm. but it just wasn't of the quality of even last year's uh double or nothing right that's fair that's fair well there are matches that i'm rating below the mendoza line on this show and i don't really usually do that for aw i think usually everything aw does is at least like average or usually much better than that but there are a couple things that i thought were bad on this show so yeah we will get to yeah. me the start of the show i thought the pacing was great but as the night went on you know we started getting these random promos and these random stuff that didn't need to be on the pay-per-view like rush being introduced Great, that could have been done for Dynamite. I understand why they did it, but something else could have happened in its place. Fair enough, man. So yeah, at the end of the day, they loaded this show up. Tony Khan did it on purpose with like a goal in mind. 
and they waited until the NBA game ended to present their main event. And it is, it is what it is. You know, like I, I think it, every complaint that the show was too long is valid, but it's just like, I come from a place where I just going into it. I just now accept it. Like, yes, yes, it was too long, but let's talk about how good this too long show was. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the last thing I want to bring up is well, actually two points. Point number one, <laughs> just remember, the average age of the hosts from SNME. <laughs> so <laughs> when you make us stay up until almost 1 a.m. to even start the after party, you know it's going to, you know, the, 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 the views might be a little skewed. Uh, it very much so. That's an excellent point. Yeah, we are the young guns. We are the youngest and we're still old. We're still yeah, in exactly. our 30s. That's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> like, I am turning 37 this year. <laughs> Nice, yes. I got the big three five coming staring me in the face this summer. Yep. And what, like a month and a half? Anyways, uh the point number two. Is it a point or is it a question? It's a question. <laughs> so because they had to kind of do this weird intermission, for lack of a better term, after the anarchy in the arena match, I firmly believe, and what do you think of this? That match should have opened the show. Oh, that's interesting. Anarchy in the re- in the arena? Yeah. No, I think I think the I think the the match order was perfect and brilliant. I would not change a thing about the match order of this show. Now, what I would change in an ideal world is removing two or three matches just yeah. just cha- just taking them out but the order in which they came i think actually i think th- i think they placed the uh anarchy in the arena match in the perfect spot and it heated the crowd back up for the rest of the show i thought it was genius and brilliant and that's part of the reason why i love the match so much right i okay so let's start <laughs> let's let's do it let's go at it all right, 13 matches to get through 12 on the main card one on the pre-show Let's start with that pre-show match. Tag team Hookhausen, Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. This was this was weird. This was not an average professional wrestling match, Boris. It was quite unique. It was Danhausen and Hook against some goofball and the premier athlete, right? So it didn't really resemble many wrestling matches I've ever seen before. So to me, you got to make a call. It was either above or below the line, and I think it was below. Yep, I agree with you. I think so. Even the the little wrestling that there was seemed basic, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it was like a perfectly fine little pre-show match. A bit of fun. <laughs> Might not have been my choice to entice people to buy the show, honestly, but I didn't dislike it. I love Hook. I like Dan Housen a lot. I have a Dan Housen shirt. So This match honestly reminded me of an NXT 2.0 match. Yeah, man. Yes, it did. It had, it had a lot of... Well, Mark Sterling, God bless him, is not exactly the greatest wrestler. He's an NXT 2.0 character in a lot of ways. Dan Housen's arse was hanging out half this match. Like, his trunks were falling down, you know what I mean? Looking like the Blue Meanie Royal Rumble 1999. Yep. Wear a belt, Dan Housen. Yep. But anyway, um, I still think it was like a, it was a bit of fun. Slight fail, but we're going to go two stars out of five. Two, uh, two poker chips out of five for this one, Boris. All right, sounds good. Let's get to the main card. Wardlow defeats Maxwell Jacob Friedman via 10 power bombs in 7 minutes and 30 seconds. Great. Great, I say. Absolutely everything it needed to be. Perfect placement on the card. I thought the uh, MJF entrance was brilliant. He had to have a milk it. I thought this was this was this was a good Jerry Lawler Memphis match. A great yeah. Jerry Lawler Memphis match. This was exactly what it needed to be, and the added stuff at the end of the match with Wardlow being announced on the lead, his reaction, and all that fun stuff again made the entire moment perfect. Yes, sir. Four poker chips out of five, eighty percent A minus. It'll probably squeak on to the July list of matches, but probably won't be there at the end in January. Yep, sounds good. Number three, God bless them. They tried the tag team match. Young Bucks dragging the Hardys to a good match. The departed corpse of Matt and Jeff Hardy. (laughs) Yeah, this match seemed rough. Like you knew that the Young Bucks were going to like really put on the majority of the match. But man, did they work hard. Man, did they get their money. Man, they earned their paycheck that night. 
Like if you dislike the Young Bucks, like you you have to respect them after this match. You could be the biggest Young Bucks. You could be Jim Cornette, and you watch this Young Bucks match, man. And I'm telling you, how could you not respect what they did on this night? They were bumping around like Super Bowls. They got their ass kicked like in a shoot. They put together an incredible match, and they were the they were the meat and potatoes and seasoning and veggies and dessert and the Uber driver who drived it over, like drove it over. Like, man, like, yeah, yeah. The young bucks were everything in this match. Carry job was not a great match, but an incredible effort. I couldn't give it any lower than three and three quarter, 75% B plus of a match. That seems perfectly reasonable to me. I can see a lot of people saying that's too high, but the effort of the young bucks was is, yeah. is, is honestly to me what stands out absolutely a for effort making it a b plus match yeah so uh this is another one that people might think i'm a little too high on but i thought jade was great in this match jade cargill defeats anna jay via middle rope jaded uh slightly above average all things considered i thought uh i thought jade looked much better than anna i think jade is a, a better wrestler than anna yep. jay at this point i agree i agree there she's still not good in my opinion that's fair. It's not great. So, yeah, we're going three poker chips out of five for that one. 60%. It's a C. And Jade is improving. She's not great yet, but she's improving. This was a solid little match. Yep. Agreed. Ma- match number five. This is one that will probably show up on both the mid-year list and the year-end list of, of good matches. Great matches. This thing was awesome. The six-man tag, House of Black versus Death Triangle. This was the PWG six-man tag. This was the uh, all-action, just furious pace. I, I really had a lot of time for this. 15 minutes, House of Black wins. Yeah, I liked it up until the end. I kind of dug the end because at least they paid off the story that they've yeah, been that's, teasing. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I just, the match was so, like, it was going so well. I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on that one. Nah, that's I I liked the ending, but it's fair if you if you didn't if uh, it wasn't your cup of tea. I understand that, but yeah, yeah I dug the ending. I thought it worked for me. So we're going four and a quarter for this one. It's eighty five. It's a full on A, and this the distinction between four and four and a quarter to me is A minus versus A. It's basically like if you're four and a quarter, you're for sure probably on, well for sure for sure on the list at the end of the year. If you're four, that's when you're in the cut pile. You know what I mean? Anyway. Match number six, Boris, the men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Final. Adam Cole defeats Samoa Joe. I don't know. I feel like they have a better match in them. You could tell this one was their first match. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. I felt like there was something off with them. I don't know whether it was nerves or they just, them just not knowing each other well, but it yeah. felt like something was just off. The match was still good and entertaining, but like you said, they do have a better match in them. Yes, yeah, I just didn't quite get into second gear, but these guys are both brilliant wrestlers, so it's still very good. Three and a half poker chips, 70%. It's a solid B. I feel like uh, maybe they felt the pressure of performing this uh, this match for Owen, you know, a little bit. That's kind of what I was thinking, honestly. I feel like there was obvious, like, you know, you're, 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 you're just, yeah, it's, it's a huge deal, right? And it just goes to show you how much respect Owen Hart still garners in the wrestling world. Absolutely. So this is this next match, Boris. This is the one where it's it's a very personal star rating. It's it's the way we look at matches. Specifically, I look at matches. The Dave Meltzer scale, this is probably like three stars maybe, but Dr. Britt Baker defeats Ruby Soho. Incredible entrance for Ruby. I, I thought the match and the commentary was was actually like really, really good. I thought the just in the ring. I thought the match was better than the men's. I actually thought that they outperformed their male counterparts, and I thought they kind of stole the Owen Hart Cup, if you will. And then we had the post game with Martha, which was just beautiful and moving. So I'm going to rate this for the moment, the way we look at pro wrestling, for the theater of it, minimum, minimum four stars, four poker chips out of five. So we'll grant it an A- minus because it wasn't a classic match. But for the moment, for everything, four poker chips out of five for this one. Dr. Britt Baker defeats Ruby Soho, wins the Women's Owen Cup. Sounds good. Sounds good. Beautiful. This next match was not great. Or good at all. I didn't like it very 
match. This was an NXT 2.0 match. Six-person mixed trios. American top team, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Page Van Zant in her first wrestling match versus Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. The yeah. crowd, the crowd was with it. They they went ooh and ah when they were supposed to, but this was this was a bad wrestling match. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, there was just I people were waiting for their cues a little too much on this match. Uh, I felt overbooked at times, and it just just really did feel like an NXT match. Yeah, man, I I agree. NXT 2.0 here on Double or Nothing. So yeah, or uh, still a good effort by everyone involved, but not the best match. So two poker chips out of five, slight fail. Yep. All right, here is my favorite portion of the show. These are my three favorite matches, back to back to back, boom, boom, boom. So my bronze medal match of the night, Kyle O'Reilly defeats Darby Allen. Only went nine minutes and fifty seconds. Beautiful match. I love this so much. It wasn't it wasn't super clean. Like there was a couple botched spots, I guess you would say, like Darby Allen's dive. Yeah. He kind of got mixed up in the ropes there. But man, this was a war. They beat the crap out of each other. I thought they gelled so well, like Darby's missed dive notwithstanding. I thought this match was brilliant. It, if you look at the card, it'd probably be the first one you cut. But man, I'm glad they didn't because it was so great. Uh, the first match I would cut is Jade Cargill. For the simple fact that she is the TV champion. Yeah, that makes sense, man. But they're trying to say that that's the A title because she's the A champion. It's Carmelo Hayes. I understand. I understand. But, you know, whatever. But, yeah, this is the second match that I would have cut. Having said that, good match. I thought it was great. I thought it was my bronze medal match of the night. Kyle O'Reilly defeats Darby Allen four and a quarter, 85, solid A. We'll be talking about it twice again in July and then January. Yep. All right. This next Same match thing. is very, very mixed bag of, of people's opinions. Very divisive. Yeah, man. I've noticed that too. I thought this was great. Silver medal match of the night, in my opinion. This was the second best thing on the entire show, I thought. I really did. Thunder Rosa defeats Serena Deeb in an excellent match that both performers really needed. They both needed to have this great match, and they did it. I thought this was great, man. I, I'm surprised that people didn't like this. This was my match of the night. There you go. There you go. I'm right there with you, buddy. Well, not quite, but I thought it was great wrestling match, great performance. Both girls needed it. Just a hard-fought intelligent scientific wrestling match thunder rosa wins defends the title 16 minutes 55 seconds another four and a quarter poker chips for that one yeah no that was this match was great and this is the match that thunder rosa really needed because of i guess you know of of of, of her reign so far it's kind of been underwhelming for you know mm-hmm uh that's fair it definitely character wise she needed uh she needed this match it's it's still just getting started though right like it's too it's too early to write the book on it but to this point it has been slightly underwhelming yes so hopefully this sets it back on track if that promo she cut from last week is the start of her new character and like more intense thunder rosa i'm all game 100 100 that's a good a good jumping off point all right boris here we go. I'm going to go for a little bit, and then you tell me why I'm wrong and an idiot. Anarchy in the Arena, 10-man tag. This is an all-time classic. This is by far my favorite match on the show. One of my favorite matches I've seen in AEW. This is the second best match of the year, I will go as far to say. The only thing I have ahead of this match so far is Briscoes versus FTR. I fucking loved anarchy in the arena i thought it was brilliant it was a kevin dunn wet dream there was blood there was a thousand camera cuts there was mustard boris there was mustard eddie kingston with an all-time classic moment in visual walking sauntering down the ring like uh like a literal uh serial killer like some kind of horror movie of uh villain looking to set Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho on fire. I thought the ending was brilliant. I thought every piece of this was amazing. This is exactly what I wanted. Way better than I thought it could be. Brilliant wrestling match. I I might be the highest on this match of anyone in the world, but four and a half stars at least. Minimum four and a half poker chips out of five. All-time classic. Tell me why I'm stupid. No, it's just I'm not a fan of these multi-man 
schmozzes. I, I and which funny enough because of a retro review, but <laughs> um I just this was too much, right? I felt like this was too much. It was hard to keep track of what was going on. I feel like we missed a lot of action. You know, you they cut away they cut back and people are bleeding uh it must have been a fun match to be there for but on tv it was just it just uh, for me personally multi-men street fights like this is just too much fair enough man like i don't love every single style like every every time they do like a crazy weapons match it's not always the best but this one was the uh, it might have been the best version it was the it was the best of memphis the best of ecw it's just this is this is what I love for wrestling. It was the best of like the hardcore title. It was Al Snow getting thrown into the Mississippi River or whatever it is. You know, it was all these all these fun moments wrapped up into one. The Tupelo uh, concession stand brawl, like Tony Schiavone said. I just loved it. I just thought it was exactly what it needed to be. And all ten people, I think, either came out better or at least have a clear storyline direction, like uh, Eddie Kingston does. So, man, loved it, loved it, loved it. Match of the show by a country mile. Interesting. Very interesting. And I know this was another match that got a lot of mixed mixed reviews from people. Yes. The triple threat tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Jurassic Express retaining the title versus Team Taz and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, tough one to rate, in my opinion, because the action was really good, but this was kind of it was kind of a little bit of a bathroom break match. They yep. still went 17 minutes and really tore it up, so... I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it was a great match, but it was definitely lost on me in the moment. This is what I had to go back and watch a second time. So maybe that means it's not great. I don't know. It's hard because, again, remember, like we're, we're at by this point, it's midnight. By this point, you know, you're, you're getting right off of the anarchy in the arena match. By this point, you know, it, depending on what you thought of the show going in, it's just you're kind of tired at this at, by now, right? So. This match was just placed in a weird spot, but I can kind of, like, it made sense. They, all six guys, did a great job. I feel yeah. that I'm, you know, there, there's, a, there's some curiosity in me to see what they do with the tag team belts at this point. Uh, so kind of like, you know, like, they, like mission accomplished there. Uh, so how, how would you rate this match? I think I'm going three and three quarters. Not quite yep. great, but very, very good. That B plus. And it's made me just a, a matter of personal taste. Like, I like violence, clearly. I like a crazy spectacle. But the cruiserweight kind of, like, spot fest, not super my bag. I would prefer a dramatic bit of storytelling or crazy violence, which we saw in the previous match and the next match. So, yeah, personally, I'm going three and three quarter for this one. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that rating. Beautiful, beautiful, buddy. And next up, match number 13, singles match for the AEW World Championship. CM Punk wins the title, defeats Hangman Page, 25 minutes and 40 seconds. I'm more apt to call this a great match than I would be the previous. Same. Because of because of the storytelling, the drama. Yep. I really like this match a lot. I think this match was exactly what you needed to do. Uh, you know, I feel that, funny enough, this was probably Hangman, Adam Page's, I'm not. It, it might not be his best title defense, but from a pure storytelling, story advancement, character advancement point of view, I think this match, you know, stood tall there. Yeah, and Hangman is not the type of character who needs to be Hulk Hogan and have a four-year title reign. Hangman's the kind of character who needs to get fucked out of the title and get on a, a redemption arc and chase the title and then win it and hold it for a couple of months and get fucked again, rinse, wash, repeat until he's 45 and he retires, right? Like, exactly. Hang Hangman is... Hangman on a page will hopefully be what Magnum TA should have been had he not gotten in that big accident. Yeah. I think that is his ceiling. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of the way I think his career would have went Magnum TAs, and that's kind of what I think is going to happen with Adam Page. I don't think this loss hurts him at all, at all. I thought even the botched uh, clothesline, the botched buckshot lariat, kind of helped the match because CM Punk is the old dog. Can he still do it? You know what I mean? Can he still perform? And so when he screws up a spot like that, it, it plays into that story so it's it's actually it hurts cm punk's matches botches do less than any other wrestler at this point maybe yeah i think so i think you're right there and the thing about this match for me was you know the, the hangman adam page 
is stronger now, in my opinion, that he lost the belt because it is his redemption story. See, man, I agree with you. I don't know if everyone would think that or say that, but I agree. That's a great call. I think so, too. But yeah, so I would say at the end of the day, great bit of storytelling, great wrestling match, four out of five, A minus, but still solid, solid four chips out of five for this one. And all in all, like, look at the numbers I gave every match on the show. Like, it would be silly for me to not call it great. You know what I mean? Although I did need to watch it in two sittings. I, it's a lot to digest at once. Yeah, and I think that right there, you know, that right there is an indication of how long these shows are, which, like, I get it. I understand why you want to keep them long. There's only four a year. You want to get all, all the all, anyone who deserves a match in there. I get that. I do. But, you know, if, if there's, I don't know, it's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot for one night. So much, so much for one night. Anyway, so that, that is the AEW uh, look back. Now, we wanted to also touch on Owen Hart's finest moment, Canadian Stampede. I think the only match on Double or Nothing that was better than the 10-man tag on Canadian Stampede was uh, Anarchy in the Arena. That's the only thing that I liked more than watching the 10-man tag match, match back. But I actually did go back and watch all of Canadian Stampede. I thought it was a pretty solid show. That show so, was great. Uh, uh, Triple H, uh, Hunter versus Mankind. Great match. Yeah, so Triple H versus Mankind, hilarious. It goes to a double countout in the opening match. Uh, so kind of kind of a little bit of a weird start, but they paid off the double countout by continuing to fight for the remainder of the pay-per-view all throughout the arena and backstage, which I thought was a great angle. So that actually helped boost the match, in my opinion. So actually, we'll, we'll do, uh, you know what, let's do star ratings for the whole thing. So we're going to go three and a half flames out of five for that Triple H versus Mankind match here at the Canadian Stampede. Another three and a half out of five. Great Sasuke versus Takamichi Noku. I thought that was a solid match. Ten minutes on the dot. Vince McMahon had no idea what to make of these men. The first, the first light heavyweight match on pay-per-view in WWF in like years and years. The commentary, go back and watch this match, like, simply for the live commentary. McMahon was so lost. Yes, sir, yeah. So, you know what, I I, I would go as high as B-plus for this one. We're going 75, three and three-quarter flames out of five for that one. Uh, the next match was the worst on the show, but still solid. Undertaker versus Vader. They, uh... They were sloppy, but in a good way. You know what I mean? There was like, it felt like a fight. They were beating the crap out of each other. But at the same time, they were like botching tombstones in this match, like falling down, trying spots. It was, it was a slug fest. Yeah. Bowling was, shoe it, ugly. It really was. It really wasn't. You know, this isn't like nearing the end of Vader's run too, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would still go for, for three out of five maybe that's silly on my part but i think this was yeah three flames out of five for this one just because it was a fun slugfest but boy it was a sloppy fun slugfest yep bringing us to the main event boris 10-man tag the hart foundation bret hart brian pillman davy boy smith the british bulldog the anvil jim neidhart and of course owen hart the rocket the king of hearts the black heart versus ken shamrock gold dust hawk and animal the legion of doom the road warriors and Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest heel in Calgary, bigger yeah. than Ralph Klein. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. This match, I remember watching this show, entire show live, but this main event was just beautiful. I love this match so much. You know, the summer of 97 might be my favorite summer of wrestling ever in history. The the U.S.-Canada angle, the lead-in to Brett and Michael's Survivor Series later that year. Like, there's just so much that happened in the summer of 97. And this match was just perfect. Such a perfect kind of middle, um, like like a middle middle spot of the entire feud. Absolutely, man. Yes, so much going on. Not to mention all the cool cruiserweight matches and stuff happening in WCW, like Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio at the height of his powers, mean man Eddie Guerrero. But yeah, in WWE, we had arguably the greatest feud ever. It's like right up there with Austin versus McMahon, with Savage versus Hogan, the the Bret Hart versus United States, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin feud is among the best stuff they've ever done in the history of WWE. And this was one of the 
one of the big chapters in it. It's it's the crowd heat, you yes. know, that makes it special, and that goes without saying. But this isn't this isn't a technical classic, but the way we look at it and the way we rate matches, it is an absolute stone cold, if you'll pardon the pun, classic. Like yeah. it is a classic, indisputably. Yeah, and this being in Calgary, how can you have a match in Calgary without having more hearts involved? Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly right. So we had we had Stu and Helen and Bruce uh, introduced. Actually, they only introduced Stu and Helen, but Bruce was there lifting up Stu, Stu's hand because Bruce is a carny. He's going to get on TV if he can. I love it. But uh, yeah, in just 25 minutes of 1997 Attitude Era, this is, if you only have to watch one Attitude Era match, if you had to bring one to a desert island, there's a really good case for this one especially if you're a canadian fan especially if you're a western canadian fan yeah oh for sure for sure for sure you know and i think what made this match that much more special it was the fact that they were in western canada right like wwe doesn't give western canada enough love and with live events and pay-per-views so the fact that not only were they getting a pay-per-view but they were getting a huge match like this in the middle of this huge feud going on it was just like perfect and the crowd was just just disgustingly hot throughout the entire yeah. match like just those intros when the entire heart foundation formed up on the stage and they all walked down together it's just like oh it's i like, forget the yeah so so good i forget the band maybe they were called farmer's daughters or something like that but there was a canadian band that sang the canadian national anthem before the heart foundation's intro too it's just just Canadiana in professional wrestling. It was so, so great. Even the promo before the match, the Heart Foundation promo before the match, is like one of the best team promos that you're ever going to listen to. I, I agree with that too, man. And I loved the uh, the heel promo, if you will, the American side promo with Goldust actually saying, like, I, I'm trying to hold this team together. And everyone goes around and speaks. And when they get to Steve Austin, he just walks off Eddie Kingston style. He's just ready to fight and fight now. Yep. Yep. It's such a good match. Such a good match. And uh, yeah, it's just, man, it just, this match is just like one of those matches that I honestly try to watch at least once a year. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I haven't seen it in like a good decade, probably. It was so nice to go back and watch it, though. Just just fits like a glove, you know, just felt like home. It felt way quicker than 25 minutes, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, so this is a classic in our eyes. Four and a half flames out of five. I actually have the uh, Meltzer ratings for this show, and it kind of shows the difference. This, the, the minor differences between how we rate matches, we generally are kind of on uh, the same page as Meltzer here at BAM. But, you know, so Meltzer gave Triple H versus Mankind three stars. Great Sasuke versus Michinoku, four. Undertaker versus Vader, he gave three and a quarter. And the main, again, he, main event, he gave four and a quarter. So, you know, he's right around it. But, like, this is, this is inarguably one of the greatest WWE pay-per-views of all time. By anyone's eyes, by anyone's opinion, if you like in-ring action, if you like storytelling, if you like crowds, if you like whatever you could possibly like in professional wrestling, athleticism, weapons, and crazy fighting, and, like, you will find something to like on this show. Best in your house? Question mark. Best in your house by a grand canyon. Are you kidding me? By yeah. a by a wide margin. Oh yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right, man. So yeah, that's that's all I got. The only match that I saw in Double or Nothing that was even close to the ten man tag was the ten man tag. Ironically. Yeah, I know, right? Go figure. I love when that happens. But yeah, no, this show was great. Uh, that ten man tag just just again just. Perfect timing, perfect location, perfect uh, wrestlers, an all-time classic in my in my opinion. I'm right there with you, buddy. July 6th, 1997. Go back and watch it if you haven't in a while. Yep. And it just, again, like, you know, the next month you had SummerSlam from New Jersey with the infamous Michaels as referee and Bret Hart winning the gold. So, like, that entire summer was just so good. Yeah. Oh, we, we forgot to even mention it put a point on it owen hart the reason why it was owen's finest moment is because he won the match he got the final fall he was the winner at the end of the day with his hand raised for the country for the family we love you owen we miss you and it's so so nice to see martha hart enjoying professional wrestling again to see owen hart be celebrated to see Britt baker and, and adam cole holding those belts and those cups and just enjoying that moment with martha just it, it's enough to warm your heart you know what i mean rest in peace owen hart we love you and thank you for your contributions to professional wrestling 
couldn't have said it better myself. All right, thanks for that, Matt. All right, so this week is a huge week here at uh, SNME Radio because this weekend we have the aftercast for NXT 2.0 in your house on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then Sunday night after WWE's premium live event, premium live event, Hell in a Cell. <laughs> uh, we're coming at you live out right after the show, uh, hopefully before midnight. But I'm guessing it's going to happen around 11. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking it'll be a solid 245 for that uh, WWE pay-per-view. Yep. All right. So that's all we have for this week's episode of BAM. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo. Check out the TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>